last time on One Last Job. The Williams gang was hired by Otto von Kogstein to secure an undisclosed package on a train traveling from New Amsterdam to Philadelphia. As they prepare to board the train, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. So, uh, you know, you guys wake up, up some tickets from Gorn. Yeah, I go a couple hours early. I uh, show Gorn our deluxe tickets and I, uh, I scoff at the quality. I'll, I'll talk to the rest of the party about getting something from our slush fund. and I give them a bag of gold. Sure, so I plop a bag of gold in front of Gorn. It's that same bag of gold I got before. Is that the rocks? <laughs> yeah, it sure Keep is. The rocks. I will check it. <laughs> I am not going to hand my friend a bag of rocks. So, classic Dorg. Classic Dorg, whatever his name is. So, you know, the getting on the train, you know, all aboard, the conductor, you know, they're loading things up, puffs of smoke and all that. Uh, what are you guys dressed like going into first class? Why don't you go through one by one? Start with uh, Willie Cooper. What's he up to? Billy should be, I'm at, using his changeling ability, should be looking exactly oh, like yeah. Nathan, wearing Nathan's clothes. And so he should have probably been here for a while. I assume the guards report. I assume the guards report earlier. And how's your voice? Let's hear your impression of him, see how good it is. <laughs> well, uh, guys, uh, I'm, I'm here to report for duty. <laughs> there you go. So close enough. <laughs> But yeah, you look the part. You're making sure you're biting your fingernails good and plenty. Looking like the nervous Nelly he is. What does Mitch's PC look like? I would have gotten myself a nice long dress coat. Of course, it is green. And a fancy black top hat. Some nice shoes. Some nice white Mickey Mouse gloves. (laughs) And of course, I will have a nice cane, which is my cane sword. And, of course, the whole ensemble would not be complete without my monocle, so. So, look in the part. Other gnomes uh, envy your fine-looking fine clothes, and humans look down on you as a silly caricature of a man. <laughs> we'll have Thaddy over here over to the side. He's kind of, uh, you know, available in a uh, skiff and casing. He's kind of trying to travel along there on the, uh, on the roads ready to go if he needs to. So he's got kind of like a little mini airship ready to go in case of extraction or any other uh, contingency plans that you guys need. So Thraddy is, isn't dressed too, uh, too fancy. He's just wearing his, you know, his goggles for blocking out the wind and, uh, you know, his aviator fur collared leather coat. And what do Roe and Dorg look like? Let's start with Roe. Glint is probably dressed mostly in engineer's clothes, in fact pants with suspenders and he'll be wearing a long overcoat over it he might look like he belongs working on the train but kind of dressed a little bit more nicely what about dorg he's changed completely he has a white vest white pants there's no shirt he's got like a he's got some necklace he's got beads around his arms he's got some white braids he looks almost native american or that he's getting ready for his wwe debut can you picture it? I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all fancied up. Yeah, so so looking like a, a certain certain bounty hunter from Hawaii, maybe. Maybe. So Dorg, the bounty hunter, is, is dressed up as much as he knows, and he's the kind of man who's big enough that um, nobody's going to tell him that he's not fancy enough for wherever he wants to go. You kind of get a look as you come on to the first class parlor car, but... uh. You know, maybe it makes it a little bit harder for you to socialize, but no one's going to say anything about you sitting there. So you guys get on the train at approximately 9 o'clock on the dot almost. 
the luxury train starts to lurch forward much more smoothly than the uh, pure steam locomotives on their, uh, you know, on the metal the metal rails. And you get up to speed quite quickly. Before the anti-magic field goes up, I was hoping to have an interaction with the, with the captain of the guard here. So it's about five minutes to, uh, you know, 9 a.m. there. Captain Cuthbert Kettle uh, looks a little, you know, a little less prim and proper than he normally does. Yeah, it looks like he had a little bit more fun uh, of a night than, he, than normal. You know, he's kind of marching around, just checking everyone, making he's not quite being quite as much of a pain in the butt to everybody as he normally is, but instills discipline and he's just going around everyone and kind of checking their shoes and everyone else. He goes, all right, everyone, time, we're, we're about two minutes before we leave. And you, he kind of picks a scroll out of his uh, pocket. Seeing him fiddle, fiddle with the scroll, I kind of, I kind of go, go up to him and I say, Captain, uh, you sure you sure you don't need to uh, go use the restroom before uh, before we before we take off? It's gonna it's gonna happen pretty quick. I I you should and I, I'm gonna cast suggestion at this point and I say, you should you should you should go to the bathroom really quick and uh, you sh you should let me hold on to to, to to the keys to the vault and the uh, and the scroll for a minute while just to, just to keep it safe while you go to the bathroom. Okay, he's looking really confused. He's trying to remember. He's like uh, he's looking at your badge. He's like uh, you're you're Owerton, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm Nathaniel. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, and what is your spell save DC? Yeah, it's 15. And I rolled a 16. And you kind of see him, and he, he looks at the bathroom, he looks at you, he looks confused, and he's like, I don't need to go to the bathroom, actually. Uh, I think I'm going to be okay. I think we should, we only have a couple of minutes here. I really should, uh, you know, do do the protocol here. Oh, okay, Captain. And so I and so I go to shake his hand, and as I'm shaking his hand, I'm going to try and really slyly slip, because I'm going to shake the hand that has the scroll in it. And so I'm going to slip in a fake scroll into that and try and take out the scroll that he has in his hand in the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's always already confused. This isn't going to be anything too tough. You can just do this straight up. There's no disadvantage or anything on it. Make a sleight of hand check, please. Okay. And this one I am going to go ahead and put the inspiration die. Not my bardic inspiration die, but prep die. That's what it was. Okay, so 1d8. So you got a 14 and a 1. Lame. And he rolls a seven because, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's so he's so busy looking Lucky. at the bathroom and trying to figure out why he, he you know, it's almost like he could, like somebody was started talking about waterfalls and he's like, maybe I could go to the bathroom. But he's, he's like, I got work to do. <laughs> so, you know, it's just kind of crossing his legs a little bit. He's like, ah, oh. you know, but, you know, you definitely have uh, swapped the scroll and, and and he goes back to it. And he goes, I got I got to get this going here. We don't have much time. All right, Captain, I'll get back to my post. So he goes off and, you know, kind of goes around the corner to where the vault is. You know, the vault's open. Yeah, he rolls. He reads the scroll off, and uh, whatever whatever you did to the forgery, it doesn't seem to have convinced him of anything. He uh, takes his key out, locks up the physical lock, and he does something to that you didn't quite catch to activate the arcane lock. And he goes off, and yeah, he just kind of, you know, he kind of does his patrol. He likes to walk around, checks his stopwatch, things like that. Okay. You know, about a, about 30 seconds after, uh, you know, he goes locks everything up and checks his watch, the uh, train lurches forward and, uh, you know, we get back to where the other three of them were, sitting in their parlor uh, in their first class seats. You guys were able to not quite get the one closest. You're, so you're two cars away from the royalty car, but uh, you were able to get a nice uh, table. You didn't get one of the kind of the, uh, the two-seaters. This car, it, it's almost like a, a restaurant. You know, you have these square tables with four chairs around them. And in a bunch of like kind of like you know couple chair, you have a table with two chairs. So you guys got a nice table that you could play cards at or something like that. And a lot of people are there. You know, some people are playing bridge. Some people are playing. Uh, there's even a couple of people playing dominoes. But uh, you know most people at this point are just drinking their morning tea or coffee. 
we are not sitting in the same seats? No, you guys are. Whoever he yanked had really had pretty good seats. There was a conductor walking up and down the car and he just kind of, you know, greeting people, saying hello, punching their tickets and, uh, you know, asking to see everybody's passport because, you know, surveillance is so important in this uh, in the GBU. They don't they don't like people just traveling around doing whatever they want. So many rebels and insurgents that they need to keep under their the heel of their boot. You know, so he's just going around and just checking everyone's passport to the tickets. And uh, he comes up to your table and he asks to see uh, your, your tickets and your matching passports. Do we have these? This is a twist. I'm using my first twist point to create a complication for you guys, which is something you didn't know about or think about. And I'm using a twist to go and make it so that you, because of the last minute nature of getting the tickets or whatever, you didn't have passports that match your tickets. And now you guys have a twist point to throw back as well. You can use it right now, too. So what do you want to go and do for the conductor here? I have an idea, but it involves knocking the conductor out. <laughs> that might not be so sly. Well, it wouldn't be so bad. I mean, it, it's a short trip. And, you know, if he was, as you do know, at the end of your car, there is a galley area. And, a uh, you know, the galley, of course, always has a pantry with a closed door and a couple bathrooms. That was kind of my idea. So that is definitely, you could just go and, you know, have, you know, march him over to have a conversation with him, or you could do, yeah, you could try to do something like that. Actually, so as he's getting close to our table, I'm going to walk over to the galley, and I'm going to make a bit of a ruckus. Okay. Like, I'm going to knock on the door, you know, something that's clearly not supposed to be happening to try to get the conductor's attention. So just to explain it to everyone, think of this as like a long, skinny restaurant, like, you know, a restaurant that's on like a train caboose or whatever, like they, they do. Or on the right side of the train is an observation platform and a bunch of chairs. And on the left side is a couple bathrooms and a small, like little kitchen bar area, like almost like on an airplane. You know, it, it's kind of closed off, you know, to give a little bit of privacy to the people working there. So you go off to that, say the left side of the train on the long train and uh, go and create some kind of ruckus or whatever in the galley. And the conductor, he going to hear the noise, can't really make out what it is. So he is going, and he isn't suspicious at all. He just kind of wants to go and see what fell off. Because, you know, things fall off on these trains and whatever else. So he kind of is coming around the corner here. What do you want to do? I'm going to be in, like, this corner down here. Okay. And once he comes around the corner and walks toward, like, I'm assuming if he's not that suspicious, he's going to kind of walk towards me to try to figure out what that noise was. Yes. And once he's basically hidden by that wall, I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder and activate my shock gloves. They're called taser gloves. <laughs> so this, again, is a feature of the homebrew, the excellent, very long homebrew engineer class. I have to make an attack roll, it looks like. Okay. I have advantage if he's wearing armor, if he's making, wearing metal, but he is probably not. No, he is wearing a uniform. He is wearing a uh, conductor's uniform. So, you know, he's got the, he's got the hat, the flat hat. And the blue, you know, the blue jacket with, like, you know, right. the pinstripes down the legs. Gold pinstripes. See, when it said taser gloves, I thought it was actually going to be tasery. Nope, this is just lightning gloves. Not as useful anymore. This would just literally shock him. I equipped all sorts of different things, but I don't know if I actually put something for this specific situation. You know what? It's too late. It's already started. Can't go back now. All right. He has a very low AC. <laughs> and, and you have advantage because he is surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to reach over, tap him on the shoulder with my shock glove, with my taser gloves. Okay, and you rolled two d20s plus your attack roll on both? I rolled a 19. 
Very nice. So we'll take your 19, and uh, so you easily get through the surprised uh, conductor whose teeth um, start turning you know, all electrical, like uh, being attacked by the Emperor or something like that in Star Wars, uh, Return of the Jedi there. So just roll your normal damage. No, it's just a 1, plus a strength. Yeah, 1, you're right. And then I do another 7 damage. Okay, which is more than enough to completely take out this guy. Of course, you're applying non-lethal damage, which is the assumption we'll make. Yep. He goes Betty by. And I'm going to quickly stuff him into the galley. All right. And, uh, you know, he's happy to be there. Before he shuts the door, I'll give him a touch, and I'll turn this guy invisible. Okay. Nobody's finding him. So I've been watching all the passengers in their seats. Has anyone paid attention? Is anyone looking at my guys? I'm just going to roll a couple of perceptions. You see one guy, he kind of bends his paper down, and he looks down to see what the commotion is, and, you know, he kick, takes one look at you, and... Yeah, I'm glaring at and, him. And uh, he kind of, like, he just kind of, like, lifts his paper back up again and gets back <laughs> to the, uh, gets back to the, uh, the, you know, the front page news there. Did you have a chance to see the newspaper of the day today? No. You notice a headline. You you know, you're, you're always on the outlook for information, and you didn't get a chance to take a look. You usually like to look at the front page of the paper, even if, you know, you're not busy reading fancy books all the time you notice that the front story is cholera outbreak in philadelphia you know along with some of the other smaller ones such as markets pulled up by manufacturing sector after union settlements a couple other things something about some planet named neptune being discovered or something so before i head back to my seat i do want to check to see if he has any keys or like any notices something that would be useful what you do know is that the conductors always have a... It's not like an electronic pass card, but I mean, you know, it's not exactly a manual key. So they have these kind of uh, arcane triggers that allow them to go from car to car if they ever need to. Because really, you're allowed to walk right through into the other first class car, but you wouldn't have been allowed to walk into the royalty one. Well, now that you have a, the, a conductor key, um, there's no reason why you can't walk straight back to the caboose or all the way up to the engine, right to the engine door if you wanted to. So, yeah, I'm going to grab that, and then I'm going to go back and sit down in my seat. Before he goes back to sit down in a seat, since we're both together, I'm going to just kind of put my hand on his shoulder and say, Patty's going to go use the little boy's room and give him a little nod towards the bathroom. It might be a while before I get out. You might as well go ahead with the plan. Sounds good. And I will go into the bathroom. Okay. Hmm. So I will give Patty a minute. And <laughs> Some then, mysteries uh, don't need to be solved. <laughs> I just need to poop, guys. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I got a plan. <laughs> I, I, I figured he just needs a minute. I don't know what he had for lunch or breakfast, I guess. Breakfast burritos are coming back. <laughs> but uh, eventually I will get Dorg. Tap him on the shoulder and nod my head towards to the next first class door. So I get up and stretch and slowly go to the back. Let's go and roll like a stealth, like a social stealth. I don't know what else it would go and be. But, you know, you're just trying to be like, you know, nonchalantly like getting up, seeing like making it for you as few people noticing you're doing anything as possible. And I believe you rolled. What did you roll? A 20. I got a 25. A nat 20? Yeah. Nat 20. Yeah. So you got a 25 on a nat 20. So... You, why don't we go and make it so that when you got up, somebody like uh, tripped who was getting up to go and talk to somebody and knocked over someone's chessboard on the other end, creating a big commotion. And you just kind of walked out while everybody was turned the other way in the car and not even seeing you. So you got a little bit of luck there on your uh, excellent 
you know, already doing good work on your own. Sometimes luck is the best kind of good work you can have. So I head through. Yeah, so you, so you went from the left side of the train and then you go down to the, the next the next closest to the royalty cab, uh, car and you know, you're coming in there. This is the one that has the undercover guard. Do I know who he is? We don't know where he is, but we know he's somewhere. You don't know where he is. You have a pretty good idea. You know, it's going to be hard. He's undercover, you know, like you'll have to go and look for him, right? He'll be trying to look casual. So I will wait about 15, 20 seconds and then also get up and walk back. Dorg, did you want to go in or did you want to kind of like, you know, just take an outdoor break there and before he's stretching your legs or something? It's quite quiet and pleasant on the Magna trains. Yeah, sure, there's a, a bunch of smoke and stuff going out. I mean, you know, the, these things are coal-burning monsters, but, you know, at least they're not rattling along like a train does. I just want to look in and check down the car. So why don't we go see what Patty's up to? Let's see what Patty's bathroom break has brought us. <laughs> so in the bathroom, there are windows, it looks like, from the schematics. There is definitely a window, a pretty large one, too, and it is not barred. You can actually open it. Perfect. Patty is going to cast Invisibility on himself. Okay. And then he's going to cast Fly. Okay. And he is going to open the window up. Uh-huh. And he is going to fly right out that sucker. And he wants to land on top of the royalty car. And, of course, Cadbury, his Memphis, casts Invisibility on himself and follows along as he is able to fly. So we're gonna land on top of the royalty cart. Okay, I'm gonna need a small dexterity check on your landing, mostly Absolutely. just to see if you go and create any more noise than you want. You can actually choose if you wanna roll a stealth on your landing. I would like to roll a stealth. Okay, why don't you roll a stealth instead of a dex? I roll, <laughs> I rolled a four, but I add five to it, so nine. That's all right. I'm invisible. <laughs> the bad news is that you go and make more noise than you wanted. The good news is you weigh a whopping 42 pounds or something. <laughs> so, yep, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be anything of significance. As far as you can tell, you think you made it. Perfect. Only I know if that's true or not, of course. because I'm. I, I would player. like to, from there, knowing that my companions are heading back in this direction, I would like to try and while having fly kind of shimmy down the side of the train car to look into that first window i'm gonna chill right at this window and i'm just gonna keep looking through it until hopefully one or two of my companions come in through it unbeknownst to everybody else and i'm gonna keep an eye out for guards because i can't see that automaton in that first room so I'm going to keep an eye out for guards in this room. That's not a room. That's an outdoor observation oh. platform. He's just out there. You can see him. He's just, like, scanning around. I might want to distract him for, uh... Well, when you made the noise, nobody inside was too worried because, you know, really, um, pretty good chance that your friend there knew that the, the, the other guy didn't worry. And the, cap the captain doesn't seem to be in that area. But, you know, really, it was this guy that I was worried about if he was going to hear you or not. And he kind of looked around or whatever, but he, since he didn't see anything, he kind of went back to looking where he was. Is this um, automaton, is he, he's not bolted to the ground or anything, No, right? no, I want you to think of him, he's like a warforged. He's like a He's like a six foot tall, like, you know, a veteran. That's what I was envisioning. So is there, on the other side of the platform, not where he is, but to the train car that Dorg is going to be coming out, is there perhaps a ladder leading up to the roof of the first class Poller train car? Let's go and say that the ladders are always located kind of where you are now. So they're always going to be located on that northeast corner of the uh, train car. So I'm going to fly. I'm on top of the 
train car right now. I'm going to fly on top of the first class parlor train car, the one where my companions are coming from. And I am not going to try and be stealthy. As I am invisible, I am going to start, like, smashing my feet on the roof to attract this Warforged automaton. Okay, and yeah, he easily goes and hears that this time, now that you're, because, I mean, you know, he, he, he's not short of hearing by any stretch. And you see him, and he goes and he goes and starts trying to walk into this car now, because he knows that the ladder's on the other side. Uh, you're gonna make enough noise that he's gonna climb up the ladder. And he's gonna go on top of the train. So there is a warforged walking on top of the first class car. The only problem is, uh, you know, he can't walk all the way across. He's just kind of taking a look, because this is a window top train. So while you're standing on top of it, making some noise and, and hitting the metal areas, for him to go all the way across and his size and he, you know, quite heavy weight. There's just no way he's going to be able to get through with all these crystal windows taking up, creating a canopy on this car. So I want you to think of like kind of like the, probably two-thirds of this car is a canopy glass on the top. So he's kind of looking around. He's on the other end of this. We'll say the west side of the car, and he's looking over you, and, you know, Patty's sitting there invisible. Dorg is down on the platform waiting to go in. So I am going to whisper to Cadbury to go to the side of the top of the train car to become visible again and to just start with his long metal nose start wrapping at the top of the roof as if he was a woodpecker trying to damage it. So are you turning visible or just your Memphis? Just my Memphis. Cadbury, go over there and I tell him to turn it, turn visible and uh, start wrapping on the roof. Okay, so you kind of hear a metallic. You know, it doesn't take long for the Warforged to kind of see that and uh, he's going to do a nature check. <laughs> so it goes very well but it doesn't matter because he's like you can't figure out what kind of animal it is and he's like looking confused even though like, it's an automaton so it's a robot as yeah, well <laughs> so he doesn't know what kind of animal it is and he was like and you just hear him air biological detection air <laughs> so does he approach uh Cadbury well he can't approach he can't go anymore because it's all crystal canopy right it's all glass so he's got to either shoot he's got to decide whether he's going to shoot the thing or what he's going to do so i am going to use the distraction and I'm going to fly around to where he is. Uh-huh. And I don't want to land because I don't want to, again, fail and make noise. So where he is right now, there's no, like, railing or whatever. I mean, this is the top of the train car. Right. Like, yeah, the glass. There's no reason for the glass to be going over top of the canopy and the bar and the bathrooms, right? Like, sorry. So it would actually, it's, it's, it's more towards the passenger thing. So as I'm invisible, I am going to try and give him a nice push as I'm flying through the air just to send him off of this train car. Okay. Let's get rid of um, this guy right now. Well, that, that's advantage, but that's a, that's a strength, so... Yep. <laughs> you got to do a strength shove with... Uh, what's Yay. your strength? Like eight? I'm, yeah. <laughs> All right. Advantage! Sometimes you got to role play even if you're not good at I know, strength, I know. So. You're going to try to do what you got to do, and, and, you know, he's pretty strong. So. Okay, so I rolled two 14s, and so I got a 13. Okay, so you got a 13 on a shove against a six-foot-tall, 450-pound... <laughs> <laughs> War, gear Forge, War Forge, Automaton, whatever you want to call it. He, unaware, unaware. <laughs> he is going to have disadvantage on this. And he is going to go and roll. An 18 and a 9. Ooh. A 9 plus 5 equals. It's a 14 versus 13. You guys tied. You tied him. Well, I didn't because I have a 13. Oh, you have a minus. 13. So he beat you by 1. That's right. My mistake. <laughs> because you role played and did something incredibly horribly dumb for a gnome, I'm going to give you a free bardic inspiration prep die. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a crazy die 
and that three is going to count, and you are going to go and shove him off. So the Warforged, uh, as surprised as something without a you know emotional face, um, you know he kind of like you see his mouth open up as he like does like a you know like that <laughs> head going to the side, and his gyros are trying to get like his balance as something shoves him, and he goes flying off, and he gets left behind and bounces down a hill or whatever at 90 miles an hour. He's out of the picture. Yeah. And I'll call Cadbury over, and I'll say, good Cadbury. Why don't we go to the one who's furthest back, which is Glint. What is Glint doing right now? Sitting in his chair? Probably about 30 seconds after uh, Dora gets up, Glint is going to rise and stretch like he's going to head to the bathroom, and likewise head out the back and uh, over to the next car. Okay, why don't you guys give me a stealth, just you know, to be you know conspicuously inconspicuous. Glint is not very stealthy. He's just, uh, he's wearing a big overcoat. He's wearing, like, engineer's garb. He, it's very clear when he stands up. I've rolled a four. So if anybody was paying attention to you guys in this car, I'm not saying they were or they weren't, won't. They definitely have noticed that, you know, your table seems to have cleared out for some reason. So you guys are both on the platform there. And as far as you know, there's a garden, there's a, you know, a, a garden there somewhere. But you guys are more than happy and... You know, free to go and walk around. Uh, you know, you can't grab a seat, but you know, if you want to walk around or whatever, you're allowed to. So when we when the Warforged fell off, we didn't hear or see anything. I'm gonna say that maybe when you were coming out, you kind of saw that happening. You saw War Warforged fly <laughs> off the train beside you, but uh, it happened so fast, nobody else noticed it. So I'm gonna make the assumption that uh, man falling off train is actually in our favor, and I'm gonna walk inside and walk straight up to the bathrooms. And I will go into, the, I guess, the unoccupied bathroom. Uh, okay, go ahead. The bathrooms are the place to be, man. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I don't know Patty's there, but... I'm on top. <laughs> oh, I thought you were actually in the bathroom. No. That was my confusion. <laughs> that would be awkward. Invisible Patty in the bathroom. Hey, no judgment. What's Dorg doing? So, he's looking through the window. I guess he heard everything up there. Yeah, I'm just going to walk in. And yeah, there's passengers in here too. Like they, they, they could they'd be able to see you walking on top. So I never detected anyone that was seen more observant. Um, you haven't gone in yet. You can go in. You can go in and try to find the guard if you. I mean, want. I was looking through the window in the door. Yeah, why don't you just go and roll like a perception to kind of see what you uh, an investigation. Roll an investigation to kind of see what you're. You know, you know what you're looking for. See if you can find it. You're looking for somebody who's looking like a, like they're not they're paying attention to their paper too much or something. Nice, you rolled an eighteen, great. Yeah. So you got a seventeen in investigation. So you notice a fella over towards the back, kind of towards the the last seat. Um, actually, you know where this one was, pretty much in the same spot as what Willie's uh, previous surveillance gave you, and he looks like he's just kind of, you know, he's paying attention too much to his paper. He's kind of looking at it. And you know, like you know, looking over top of it almost, you know, trying to scan around every once in a while. Doesn't seem to be you know too preoccupied with whatever he's doing. He's either really bad at reading or he's a guard, and so you're pretty confident that's the guy. So, is, is, are there any empty seats in this room? This car is full, but for whatever reason, the chair in front of him is empty. Seat number twenty-three is uh, the only empty seat you've seen so far, other than the table you guys left. I'm gonna walk in casually. And then I'm going to head towards that seat. And then I just sit down. The seat's taken. You see a uh, human, you know, normal-looking dude. light skin, brown hair. He just looks like a guard type of guy. No nonsense. He's just like, what? no seat's taken. What do you want? Oh, it's taken? Well, I can get up when they come back. Uh, 
he's kind of doesn't know what to do. He's trying not to like make a scene. Oh, all, all right then, just you know, mind your own business. Kind of, kind of acting, kind of trying to act as casual as Sky Marshals <laughs> do when they get yeah. caught sometimes. <laughs> so, do they serve food? Yeah, there's a galley and a bar. There's a, definitely there's there's a, a, a there's a bartender and there's a conductor. Um, the the conductor serves kind of multiple cars, and there's like there's like a bartender or hostess. They're either male or female, depending on which car you're on. You know, very uh, you know, first class type. The food that comes in is only a short thing, so it'd be kind of like you know whatever light breakfast would be. I'm gonna raise my hand to get some food. Oh, a female waitress comes over. Looks like some uh, human female, and uh, she introduces herself. She introduces herself as uh, Catherine Snodgrass. <laughs> you see on her name tag, and she's like, "How can I help you?" Oh, just uh, give me my friend a drink since he let me sit with him. Sure. What can I get for you, sir? I look at him. He just looks. He goes, oh, "I'm not. I'm not drinking." Yeah. I'm a teetotal. No, 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 no. He gotta have something to drink. Make a persuasion check. <laughs> persuasion? Guys, the guys is he you know, he's on duty here, but who's gonna know? <laughs> oh jeez. So I rolled a nine. <laughs> so yeah, so he goes he goes he, he, his steel will man, he as as much as you see him licking his lips about the idea, he goes, Oh I better not. Well, give me one not for either. me and one for him and he can decide later. So she brings you over two uh, coffees that have a little more power to them than normal. It is 9.15 a.m. or something. So It's like a, a coffee with beef eater in it or something. I don't even know. Some gin. Gin and coffee. I'm going to spill the drink on my white, beautiful pants. He just, like, looks at it. He, he just looks oh. at you like it's not, like, a real big down. It's oh. not a downgraded. Oh, no. So I get up and I head towards the bathroom very quickly. All right. He just shakes his head. He's happy to see you gone. And as soon as I go in the bathroom, rip the pants off and I got shorts on underneath. <laughs> White shorts? <laughs> of course. White shorts. <laughs> there you go. White leather shorts. And uh, yeah, so this guy, this guy was so uninterested in you just so I'm you know. I'm a barbarian. I got to. I understand. You wouldn't want to wear cl- armor or clothing. No. The guy ran an insight on you. He got a natural one. So he, he not only... Did he let you go by? He just wanted to forget that he even ever saw you in horrible mess, ever. He's like, he's like trying to like systematically wipe your memory from his brain. Even if the doors are closed, I'm going in this bathroom. I don't care who's in there. So everyone's made pretty good time with Patty's excellent trickery and uh, shoving ability. Um, you know, you've lost that guard, but you're a little bit afraid that, you know, while this guy's sitting here and he didn't seem to notice it because, you know, it's pretty cushy. Um, you did see with the kind of the, the the guard isn't out there, and you're afraid that if the captain here decides he's kind of on the other end of the train, when he comes back and you you know you figure you got a couple minutes, he's gonna notice pretty quick that the guard's missing. Fortunately, I have a plan, and pretty much everyone on this car should hear a really loud roar coming out from the back end of this train, maybe just kind of to to the left of the back side. This guard should probably see running up to the train, maybe slowly gaining ground on the train, but obviously that means he's traveling at a, just a stupendously fast rate for anything. Yeah, it'd be 100 miles an hour. <laughs> exactly. 
but he sees it's an enormous troll. I mean, it's it's bigger than <laughs> it's like twice as big as a troll normally should be. All right, which is which is pretty alarming because you know seeing trolls outside of coal country. I mean, you see them in you know further into Pennsylvania and stuff over towards say Scranton yep. or whatever, but and Pittsburgh. But you, you never <laughs> trolls. You never you see them. The, you know the Scranton trolls are, are are a big problem, but you you know seeing them this far east is very troublesome indeed. <laughs> Man, the office would have been a lot different with trolls. <laughs> <laughs> the Dufflin troll, <laughs> Dunder Mifflin <laughs> mascot troll. So yeah, I imagine that should be distracting. We're gonna go and say that that definitely occupies all the attention of the captain as he rushes to the back and uh, asks one of these guys to come with him. The three of them are on this platform trying to see what's going on and they've armed themselves now and they're ready to fight. Just to be clear, that is an illusion and if any of them have any reason to be skeptical of it, they can take an investigation check against that same 15 DC to see that it's not quite real. At this point, they're too busy trying to see, figure out if it's within range or not, which I'm going to assume that you didn't put it within range. No, I put it. I put it pretty much at the edge of my range, presumably, presumably getting in closer. But that's like 120 feet from where I am, so probably a good hundred feet or so beyond the the end of the train here. Okay, so these guys, if they want to shoot, they know that they're not going to be able to shoot too far because you know the guns of this age, they're good but not great, especially the hand pistols they have. They don't have yeah. long guns. They're kind of waiting to make their mark because they, you know, they don't want to waste a reload here at this point. We're in the royal car. There's the vault. And there's kind of like, you know, on one side of the vault is the three of the guards preoccupied with the troll illusion, one person holding his post, and then you have the impersonating guard uh, run by Willie, and and then another guard, you know, you look over at him, you think his name is, it says, last name on his tag says Boyd or something. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and cast Hypnotic Pattern. Okay. And see if I can catch both of these guys in it. And they both get a wisdom save. No problem. What is my DC to go and save on that? That's going to be 15. Okay, I rolled a 14 and an 8. So both of them failed their wisdom save. And they're all getting loopy on the... Uh, they're, like, they're like at the dentist nice. looking up at the ceiling now. Okay. <laughs> um, so that done, I'm going to run down here, open this door, signal signal the guys to come in. I'm going to, I'm going to say to, to Patty... You don't know that I'm there. I'm invisible on the roof. Son of a... <laughs> uh, um, what a twist. <laughs> What's a twist? <laughs> well, I'm going to signal them to come in and hope Patty gets the message because he's who I need right now. <laughs> the, the question is how much commotion gets made back there when they run for the troll? You guys uh, would have, wouldn't have would have heard that kind of commotion, but I mean, you like it's all the way to the other end of the train for you. It's like a whole oh, okay, car away. Right. It's like 60 feet from you, right? Like through a train. You're not going to notice it. All right. Well, I mean, I imagine after a couple of minutes in the bathroom, providing adequate distraction, would have headed out and used our key to get to the next car. So, Dorg, you're looking out the window waiting for a signal or something from Willie. And, you know, at first you're like, why is this guard waving to me? When you remember that that, that's the... You're like, well, why is that guy I beat up yesterday waving at me? Then you remember it's it's Willie. I told him not to get on the train. (laughs) (laughs) He's really bad at listening. All right. So what do you guys want to do? The three of you. And three plus one. <laughs> three plus... I am actually, as I cross the train, I'm going to pull out one of the grenades that I've modified for the sleep. Okay. Once we cross over, I'm going to ask uh, what happened to all the guards. Well, they're, they're distracted for the moment, but uh, where's, where's, where's Patty? I'm right here. <laughs> Patty, if you, can you still get these guys to sleep? No, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, I can get them to sleep. <laughs> okay, well, you, you, you don't have, we don't have much time. 
so all four of you are on the final car now. So Willie walks by the guy who's like you know watching his hands. <laughs> How long does this last anyway? The hypnotic pattern. The hypnotic pattern should last about a minute. So that's gonna be a that's gonna be a thing. That's gonna we're be trying to rush. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are being pretty quick here. So let's go and say you got about half a minute to go. Um, you guys gonna disable this guy or incapacitate him in any way? I, I am invisible. So where did you tell me to go? I'm I'm leading Patty past these guys. I'm not even like having him mess with these. I'm I'm I mentioned to the other two as we pass by him that that guy's gonna come out of it in about a sec in a, in a few seconds. So they should handle that. <laughs> okay, and I'm gonna role play that these guys aren't gonna all of a sudden like bring their get their you know sword or gun out. That they're gonna be thinking or their halberd or whatever they have. That they're going to uh, be thinking that wow, like where did I just spaced out for a second? That was oh, cool. Maybe I was holding my breath too long. <laughs> So I guess as this happens, I'll uh, motion to Dorg to knock this guy out, and I'm going to continue to the back with the other two. All right, Dorg, you want to make a uh, attack roll with advantage? Oh, I rolled a five. Oh, you got two of them. Oh, I get another one. I rolled another five. Wow, so what's that? Five plus five is ten. Ooh, don't forget your preparation die if you still have it. You probably were ready to go and hit the first guy and knock him out. It's your choice. Fourteen. It was. A, it's unfortunate that you had to waste your prep die on that, but you were able to take this guy out. What was your damage on that? I used my hand axe. 11. So he takes 11, and so he's sleepy time. He might need a little hospitalization. <laughs> but he's not dead. You're kind of like, you know, you're, you're going to, you kind of like give him a tap on the head and say, sorry, bud. No. Yeah, non-lethal for sure. Non-lethal. <laughs> Just barbarians, horrible at non-lethal. I followed to the back with Billy. Okay, so Glint and, and Willie, Billy, whatever, are on the far side of the vault now towards where the commotion with the troll is. That, the, you know, this is all happening pretty rapidly quick here. Like, you know, these are, you know, we're like, you know, Patty seconds. needs to be with me. That's kind of important. I was invisible and I'm floating behind Willie. I, I think that maybe we should just roll initiative here just because I think things are going to start happening. What do you guys think? So we've rolled initiative and here is the turn order. We have Korg on the top with an 18. Um, the guards are going to go after that with a 13. Then we have uh, Willy with a 9. Um, the robot, if he ever gets around to it, uh, is sitting there ready to go with an 8. Um, always scanning, always vigilant. Then we have Glint with a 6. The captain with a 5. And rounding things out, Patty with a 4. Last and least. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of height anyway. <laughs> I'll show you, DM. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so um, so why don't we go and start going All right, I'm going to use my twist point. I'm the DM now. Oh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, move on. <laughs> so, Korg, what do you want to go and do? And remember, you guys do have a twist point, and I have one as well. Is this door open right here to the robot? robot? No, that is the vault. It is a iron door, three inches thick. It is a tough lock, and it also has an arcane lock on it. Oh. So yeah, the the vault's basically like a big box with a hallway to like you know one side of it. It's like a giant sleeper cabin almost. Arcane lock can't break. Hmm. I mean, in there had like a swanky '70s style lounge with like a giant corner couch and some tables. So I'm gonna rage and uh, recklessly attack. So I get advantage. So you're trying to take out the guard who's not worried about who's not sitting there outside of the thing because they all left outside. They all went out the door. Yeah. And you you got the one guy that was left to stay and watch his post. So he's he he's just sitting there. He's chilling. He's you know he's not too worried because he didn't know what they were all worried about. He's just like, yep, no work for me. You can go and sneak up on him for sure. 
I get an attack with one long sword and I get a bonus attack with the other. Yeah, it's a 24. Okay, so the first one hits. And how much damage does it do? Nine? Nine damage? Okay. He's pretty beat up. Uh, you know, you might even say he's bloodied to a pulp, I guess, from since we're not doing lethal. But yeah, he's he looks like, you know, you wouldn't take much more than another tap to take care of take him out, but you did miss. Oh wait a minute. No, he's yeah, you did miss on the second one. Because they got a little bit of armor on them. Their guard uniforms are a little bit reinforced. Yeah, so he got up and you know, he's 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 facing you now. He is going to try to hit you. They're holding these unwieldy type guard things, which is insane. But he's got a halberd, which he's trying to go and use on this train. He goes and swings at you. And he goes and gets a 10. And that is going to miss your AC, even though you're reckless. You have a 16 AC. I still miss. You know, he swings at this this thing. And he's almost getting ready to drop it and grab a smaller weapon. I mean, they use these things more for guarding than they, they you know, than they use them for fighting close combat on a train. That's not where they would really think. They think they'd be usually repelling or something. He's very surprised to see you there. The other guards, like I said, they're kind of... I'm going to go and have them roll a check to finally they're going to go and check and see if this thing... Because this troll isn't really acting. It's kind of like almost like on a loop, you know? Like like the background in a kid's cartoon from the <laughs> 70s. They failed. The captain didn't even go. It is uh, Willie's turn. I am going to tell Patty why I brought him back here in the first place that he needs to sleepify those three guards. Patty, those guards in the, at the very back of the train, you need to put them to sleep. And I'm going to cast Detect Thoughts. And I'm going to start focusing on the captain. At this point. Okay. So whatever kind of his thought process is for the next round until hopefully Patty puts him to sleep. The, the Automaton 6000 by Adaworks is not going to be able to go and do a whole lot when it can't see anything. So we skip its turn. And we go to Glint. Glint is... He, he's moving up to the little lounge area just before the back of the car. Just before the bathroom area. Which is probably, what, about 10, 15 feet from the cluster of three guards. You, you do notice that there's a lovely chandelier in this area. It is, it is stunning. So you have a closed door. So the good news is they can't really hear a whole lot. They'd have to get a pretty good perception check. Considering that there's a troll bounding towards them from, you know, deep in Pennsylvania coal country straight up to near... So I'm going to then prepare an action. As soon as that door opens, I'm going to drop a sleep bomb on them. Okay, so you're kind of getting ready to bowl for dollars there if they open up the door. Yep. All right. So the captain, on his action, kind of looks looks sideways. He's you know he's been around enough, and he you know he's even faced a troll. He's like that's no troll. They don't act like that. So he is he is suspicious. So it's like in uh, Solid Snake, like you know the. He sees that box move, and he gets the exclamation mark over his head. <laughs> and it is Patty's turn. So I am casting sleep on all the guards there, upping it to a higher spell slot, a level 2 spell. So here we go, 78. You see the back of the head of a female guard through the uh, glass window, the, the window door. So I will center it on that guard. So 37, it starts with the enemy with the lowest hit points, and it keeps going until that many hit points have been taken. The first one takes 13. The second one takes, so you're up to 26 now. And the captain, you take 11, but the captain does not fall. The one that I see drops to the ground asleep. As far as I know, I did my job. Oh, Doyle rules! <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to say that. 
I am now visible too. So the two of them drop to the thing, and if the uh, if the captain wasn't suspicious, the captain is definitely worried about what's going on here as he sees two of his friends drop. And in fact, and there's a troll on the train. Yeah, and one one of them slumps over and slips and falls off the train and goes tumbling by. Hopefully he lived, but you know, <laughs> Rocky he had a, he had one of those dreams where you fall. It came true for him. <laughs> dun, dun. Patty, good turn. Yay. Korg, you got that uh, that guard. He's fighting back here. He's seeing a whole bunch of mess going on. You guys, you can't, you can't take, you can't go and rob us. So this guy is still awake. This guy's still awake. He's pretty beat up. I rolled a fourteen and a twenty-two. Then I rolled an eleven and a twenty-six. So yeah, the guy's he's out. So he slumps back down into his chair. You go and like you kind of guide him on your last hit and sit him down nicely. I go. Yeah, as as like a big like cartoon goose egg starts forming on like his on his front of his head and you're like oh i can move the captain i'm gonna run out there i don't care i'm gonna block the door so they can't come in sounds like a plan nice scream look at through the window right and you notice that one of them's asleep so and then the other one is like turning around trying to figure out what's going on shaking shaking off something that i'm just flexing flex and as you do this the back of your white vest kind of rips a little bit in the middle of the small of the back there Uh, the sho- between the shoulders are actually with up my, top. With, with my leather shorts. William Cooper. So I'm going to touch Dorg and Glint and turn them both invisible. And then I'm going to tell, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say to everyone, I'm just going to say, hide. Are you invisible? I am not invisible. No. Because you I are a guard. the only person on this train car that's not unconscious or invisible besides Patty. Okay. And Patty's invisible too. I am not invisible after I casted that sleep spell. Okay. Um, the automaton continues to be vigilant. Glint? The door is still closed, right? Uh, the door is being held closed and is closed by uh, the barbarian, yes. So I'm going to leave them to figure this out. I'm wondering, can I control my explosives enough to blow the lock on the door? On the door to the vault? Okay, the door to the vault is a three-inch thick iron door. There is a very well constructed physical lock and it also has an arcane lock so you know you could effectively blow up the door it's going to be harder than just say kicking in a door that wasn't locked but by blowing up the door you could actually circumvent both the arcane and the physical lock doing either of those things on this door is going to break your invisibility that i just gave you and make it so that he can see you and kind of undo the stealth of this mission yeah, that's my concern, is we don't want it to be too, too obvious. But I'm trying to think, how else are we going to get through this big locked door? Glint, have you used your prep die? I have not. But that wouldn't make it any quieter, that's the issue. Well, but I mean, you if you were trying to pick the lock, or if you're trying to like disable the arcane lock with dispel i can disable mechanical devices that would be that would be what you can do here this is a mechanical device it is a lock so i will go ahead head over to the lock you had one job this might even be the one you prepped for <laughs> well i was originally going to blow it open so <laughs> two jobs like like your character sheet is just a gnome holding onto like a big circular bomb with like a fuse going on it <laughs> I, i've got i basically and my, the, my character sheet just has extra bomb supplies, 15. That's it. <laughs> Most of what I have. I was prepped to do this right. I get to double my proficiency for any check that uses my tinker's tools, and I can disable mechanical locks. Cool. 
So that will be a, I guess, sleight of hand in this case. Because you're using your tinker tools, unlike a, a, a rogue who would use their, you know, lockpick tools. So yeah, you're trying to, uh, you know, basically pick the lock, right? But you're more like taking it apart. That's what my intelligence, and I get to double my proficiency. So one day twenty plus ten. Your prep dies an additional one d eight if you wanted to use it. We can use that after the roll, right? You sure can. <laughs> Sure. So I will wait. Let's see how well I roll. So rolling a 1d20 plus 10 to take this lock apart. (laughs) I rolled a 1. So we have a natural 1 in in effect here. (laughs) Perhaps this is a good time for you to think of a twist that would go in your favor. (laughs) Things are going to go very badly, so you can go and tell me how they're going to go badly in your favor. Otherwise, yeah. I'm gonna like you know, Otherwise, you're gonna be a, a no object. missing a hand. <laughs> if the party doesn't object, cool I'm gonna story. use our uh, little twist here. Glint has uh, both alchemical tool sets and Tinker's tools, and they're both stored in an extra-dimensional toolbox he carries around with him. And so, as he's going to start taking apart this lock, he reaches in, and he's not really paying very much attention. He just reaches in and goes ahead and grabs the first pick he can feel. Little does he know, instead of reaching into his Tinker set, he's reached into his alchemy set, where he was playing around with a a new little miniature bomb. And he goes around (laughs) to start taking this lock apart. And instead of trying to take the lock apart, he happens to stuff a little bit of explosive material right into the mechanical lock. (laughs) And notices at the last second what he's doing, and pulls his hand away as it kind of pops blowing a small hole in the lock. I'm going to need you to make a dex save to make sure you don't get hurt from this. So sure. there's a certain DC on it. I need you to make a straight-up dexterity saving throw. I rolled a, I guess what, that would have been a 13 plus 5 for 18. Yeah, so you rolled an 18 on your dexterity save. I'm going to go and give that a DC 15. So you do pull your hand away at the last second. And while it does make a, a noise, it's more like a... And like he's mostly and like you're coughing as too much smoke, and you know it's almost like you're blinded by the smoke for a second. And uh, as you hear the mechanical lock drop and fall to the ground, I am going to fall into the corner, confused and kind of scared at what I just did. It, you're also counting your fingers. <laughs> one mechanical finger. Yeah. Okay. Still one mechanical finger. We're good. <laughs> so no no additional uh, badges of honor for your for you at when you visit the you know the you know your gnome college reunion. We close out episode number two with Glint nearly blowing his hand off and having to use a twist point to go and save it. The Williams gang finds himself with limited access to the vault and guards alerted. Will our gang's one last job be their final job? Find out next time in part three. <laughs>